Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we're going to celebrate the birthdays of Harry J. Lincoln and Benny Meroff. We'll also celebrate Helen Trix's birthday by going to La La Land, and we'll pick some violets and visit the grocery store. Last week, April 13th, marked the birth in 1878 in Shamokin, Pennsylvania, of Joseph Kiefer, Carl Loveland, Lillian Sarver, Ben Crosby, Frederick Williams, Jesse Westover, Abe Losh, and Carl D., Caird M., and F.W. Vandersloot. Actually, all those names and more, some real people and others made up, are pseudonyms for composer and music publisher Harry James Lincoln, the youngest of five children born to Conrad L. Lincoln and Margaret Losh. He was a prolific composer with works to his credit from 1900, his self-published The Midnight Fire Alarm, to 1936's Just Southard of the Line, but very little is known of his personal life. In 1898, he married Lottie Mae Bovec, and around the turn of the century was a church choir master and organist and associate conductor of the Williamsport Symphony. In the 1900 census, he listed his occupation as music teacher. He composed primarily marches, but also reveries, waltzes, and some rags. Lincoln seemed to have a fascination with fire, because in addition to the midnight fire alarm, he wrote The Fire Master, the Fire Worshippers, Fire Drill, and Striking Fire. Lincoln was hired by the Vandersloot Music Publishing Company in 1904 as manager and staff composer and arranger, but also had his own firms, Harry J. Lincoln Publishing Company and U.S. Music Publishing Company. In 1915, he directed the Lincoln's Ladies Band. Twenty-five young ladies dressed in smart uniforms consisting of a long dark blue skirt, a coat and cap, all with gold braid. They prepared for concerts and appearances at fairs with weekly rehearsals and made their debut at the May 30th Memorial Day Parade in Williamsport, but the band was in existence for only about a year. Harry J. Lincoln died of a heart attack in Philadelphia on April 19, 1937. In addition to his fire-themed tunes, others include Save Me the Curls of the Bobbed-Haired Girls, don't Take the Stinger from the Bee, Excuse Me, But Isn't Your Name Johnson? And these. It's not so many years ago when as a boy I played amid a scene so dear to me from morn till evening day. No place so dear to childhood days as my old country home until one day I said goodbye and went away to Rome. The old folk said, God bless you, boy, and may you return to broken hearts await you here to souls will watch and yearn 
here has come and gone away. No news from sun at home. No loving message to the boy who went away to Rome. I wonder how the old folks are at home. I wonder if they miss me while I roam. I wonder if they pray for the boy who went and left his kind old parents all alone. I hear the cattle lowing in the lane, and see again the fields of golden grain. I almost hear them sigh as they bat their boy I wonder how the old folks are at home. I hear the cattle lowing in the lane. And see again the field of golden grain, golden grain. I almost hear them cry as they bless their boy. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Prince's band recorded it for Columbia, the OK Military Band for OK, and the Imperial Marimba Band for Edison, all in 1918. But there you have the October 5, 1926 Victor recording of the General Pershing March by Arthur Pryor's band. The sheet music credits Carl D. Vandersloot with the music, but bear in mind what I said about Lincoln's pseudonyms earlier. Now, if you're like me, and for your sake I certainly hope you're not, you don't think of patriotic marches as having lyrics, but many more of them than you might think, including that one, do. In this case, they were written by J.R. Shannon, and one line is Uncle Sammy's boys are on their way. J.R. Shannon will be getting his very own birthday salute on the May 17th show, but you'll have to wait until then to get the answer to your burning question, what does the J.R. stand for? Hint, it's not John Ross, as in J.R. Ewing. Harry Lincoln was born and died in Pennsylvania, so I doubt he ever actually visited Hawaii to see one, but nonetheless he wrote Hawaiian Sunset, which we heard performed by the Hilo Hawaiian Orchestra, from Victor 20022, waxed February 2, 1926. It's credited to Lincoln, F.W. Vandersloot, and Ray Sherwood, and is not to be confused with the 1940s Hawaiian Sunset, written by Sammy Kay. We started the show in a nostalgic mood with I Wonder How the Old Folks Are at Home. F.W. Vandersloot and Harry Lincoln get credit for the music, but the words were written by Herbert S. Lambert, sung there by Louis James, with backup by the rest of the Shannon Quartet, in this case Elliot Shaw, Charles Hart, and Wilfred Glenn. Rosario Bourdon conducted the orchestra on March 14, 1923. You may have noticed that, as on some other Shannon Quartet recordings, that one was arranged with one verse sung a cappella. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. This very day, April 19th, marks the birth in 1901 in New York City of bandleader and multi-instrumentalist Benny, no middle name, Maroff. He was born into a musical family. His father, Isidore Cohen, was violinist and concertmaster with the Cleveland and other symphony and opera orchestras and his mother, Luba Rosenberg, was a former Ziegfeld girl known as Princess Luba. Beginning at age five, he studied Russian dancing with the Makarinko troupe and formed his own orchestra at age 16. I said Benny was a multi-instrumentalist, and he legitimately played violin, clarinet, and saxophone, but in his act he would play up to 32 other instruments. In 1926, Benny Meroff and his nifty Pepsters played for the grand inaugural of Chicago's Granada Theater. They had a contract for several weeks, but were so popular they headlined at the Granada for the next five years. In 1927, Benny married Florence Gast in Chicago, and she was later included in the cast of his shows described as his bashful stooge and clever little comedienne. In 1931, the Buescher Company custom-made a nearly six-foot-tall straight baritone saxophone for Benny, which he played in the 1932 Vitaphone short, It's a Panic. That very saxophone is now owned by none other than our friend Vince Giordano. Maroff led the orchestra on Eddie Cantor's Sunday night Chase and Sanborn radio broadcasts on NBC, which led to his being referred to as Eddie Cantor's Playmate. 
In the 40s, Maroff traveled the U.S. and the world for the USO, entertaining troops in such far-flung places as Italy, Burma, India, and China in a show called Funza Fire. The vaudeville-style review had a cast of as many as 45 musicians, dancers, singers, jugglers, skaters, and stooges. Benny Maroff retired in 1967 and died March 4, 1973, in Elm Grove, Wisconsin. Here are three from Benny Maroff. Thank you. 
first two of those three songs were co-written by Benny Meroff. That last one wasn't, but it was played by Benny Meroff and his orchestra. Not only that, but that was Benny himself with the vocal refrain. That was Smiling Skies, composed by Milton Samuels and Charlie Strait, with the words by Walter Hirsch. That OK 78, number 41171, was recorded in Chicago on December 9, 1928. Walter Hirsch also wrote the first song in that set, along with Benny Meroff and Wayne King, That Little Boy of Mine. That was Bert Lown and his Biltmore Hotel Orchestra with Elmer Feldkamp, providing the vocal on Victor 22736, recorded June 16, 1931. In between those, Bernie Cummins and his orchestra with Lonely Melody. Hal Dyson and Alfred Grunfeld wrote the music, and the words, sung there by the trio of Bernie and Walter Cummins and Paul Roberts, were written by Sam Coslow and Benny Meroff. That Brunswick 78 was recorded January 7, 1928, and issued in the U.S., the U.K., and Australia. The band also recorded an instrumental version for issue in Germany and the Spanish market. Last week, April 13th, marked the birth in 1886 in Newmanstown, Pennsylvania, of Helen Yeiser. Doesn't ring a bell? You heard her on the February 16th show sing The Bird on Nellie's Hat. That's right, under her stage name, Helen Trix, T-R-I-X. She too came from a musical family. Her father was a violinist and had appeared in minstrel shows, and her mother was a talented soprano. Helen studied music and elocution at Albright College and then went to New York, where she entertained the most prominent members of New York High Society. She appeared on the Keith Vaudeville circuit, singing and playing piano, and made records and cylinders for Victor and Edison in 1906. She went to London for a 10-week engagement, which was so successful it was extended to three years and included a trip to South Africa for eight weeks. She returned to the U.S. in 1912 and for the next several years played vaudeville on the Orpheum circuit. Helen's younger sister, Josephine, was born October 14, 1898, and went to New York in 1916 to study dramatic arts, but they wound up performing as a double act, and you've heard the sisters on the show before. Helen died November 19, 1951, and Josephine decades later on June 4, 1992. The only other broadcast-quality solo recording I have by Helen Tricks is this one, which starts off a la-la set. Sung by Helen Triggs, Edison Records. When first he came from Omaha, from New York sights to see, and in a concert hall, one night he came to call, and there upon the stage he saw Miss Lulu from Paris, who gaily pranced and slightly danced and sang way off the key. And all that Lula said was, la, 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 la. Nothing else but la, la, la. So first he gave his colleague yellow, ra, ra, ra. For all he wanted, Lulu and her la, la, la. He followed Lulu all around, for bidding love was he. And when some friends she spoke, she 
because it was a joke. He did his best to Hollywood and pay my bill, Jari. Via Mavo to beat the band. Be my from Sabri. And all that Lula said was, la la la, la la la. Nothing else but la la la. So first he thought he meant that he should ask Papa. For all he wanted Lulu and her la la la. That night he called on her Papa to ask for Lulu's hand. And in the room he saw what she said, Mama, for. She looked at her, she looked at him, his brain was in a whirl. For she was rocking twins to sleep, a baby boy and girl. And all the baby said was, la, 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 la. Nothing else but la, la, la. So first he took the next thing back to Omaha. For he was through with Lulu and her la, la, la.
when her voice starts ringing. Tra-la-la-la, tra-la-la-la. All the neighbors get together and cry. It's most unbearable, terrible. Why do they let her suffer? Everybody hollers. Try a piano, Tahasa Pana. All her aunts and uncles, when they heard her, hollered murder. Every day, a neighbor moves away from her. Tra-la-la-la. 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 Now the landlord sent a cable. A thing, dear Miss Mabel. Why, your voice is good for breaking leases to pieces. My advice, Miss Beecher, is give up your teacher. Your singing voice needs no proving. <laughs> They're moving. June, July, and August find her relatives in tears. Just because they must go round with earmuffs on their Collins and Harlan, baritone Arthur Collins and tenor Byron G. Harlan, singing Irving Berlin's Tra-La-La-La. From Victor 17481, waxed October 29, 1913. Before Collins and Harlan making her Triple R debut was Sally Stembler with the laughing record Ooh-La-La-La-La-La. That's from Edison Gold-Molded Cylinder number 10119, released in 1909. Oh-la-la-la-la-la was written by Louis Weslin. I've played a couple of his songs on the show, but I found some information on him, and he'll be getting his very own segment on the October 4th show. Sally Linthicum Stembler was born April 26, 1872, in Baltimore, Maryland. She's pictured on the cover of the October 1918 edition of Edison Amberall Monthly with this description. As a vaudeville artist, Sally Stembler has been making the American public laugh for many seasons. Her jolly voice and ringing laughter on the November list is heard in an amusing song, and on our cover this month you'll see her face as she might have looked singing it. In these days of war and trouble, it is a relief to find an artist who sings and laughs her way through our hearts as does Miss Stembler. Sally's Broadway stage credits include Around the Clock, The Happiest Night of His Life, and Mama's Baby Boy, and she also played Frau Hickenlooper in the operetta A Wonderful Night, based on De Fledermaus. 
It opened at the Majestic Theater on October 31, 1929 and ran for 125 performances. Sally Stembler died in 1944 and is buried at Mount Olivet Cemetery in Baltimore, Maryland. And I have a feeling you'll be hearing more from Sally in an upcoming show. Helen Trick started things off with Lulu and her La 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 from Edison Gold Molded Cylinder Record, number 9574, released in 1907. Lulu and her La 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 was written by Harry Von Tilzer. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories. Back on the April 5th show, I played La Villa Terra, a 1914 tune by José Padilla, which is usually heard in its popular song format, adapted by E. Ray Getz as Who'll Buy My Violets. Yep, here's Louis Katzman to start off a segment of Rapidly Rotating Records about violets. But don't worry, I'm not going to play Sweet Violets. Thank you. 
Though life may seem unkind, right at your feet you'll find tomorrow's violets. Irving Kaufman with Burt Lown and his orchestra from Harmony 863, recorded February 11, 1929. Tomorrow's Violets was composed by Larry Shea with the words by Raymond B. Egan. Before that, it was Klein's Collegians, recording in Dallas, Texas in October of 1928, and Violets from Brunswick 4162. Klein's Collegians was a jazz orchestra composed of students and ex-students of Southern Methodist University. It was directed by Durward J. Klein, who led bands in the Dallas area from the 1920s through the 1960s. He founded the Klein Music Company in 1927, which still exists, and his Durward Klein Orchestra recorded at least two sides for OK in 1929, and I'll see if I can't track those down. Louis Katzman and his orchestra started off the segment under the pseudonym The Civilians, as in Seville, Spain, trying to sound more continental since they were accompanying soprano Pilar Arcos, who had studied at the Conservatory of Madrid, on Who'll Buy My Violets. That was from Vocalion 15546, recorded March 12, 1927. It was also issued on Brunswick with the title La Violetera and credited to the Orquesta Brunswick de Concierto. Pilar Arcos will be having her own birthday segment on the June 7th show. In a segment a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned to all those folks who are out there working, putting themselves at risk so the rest of us can continue to communicate, get mail and packages, and other basic services. At the suggestion of listener Cleon in Rancho Cucamonga, because I'm a former grocery clerk, and to thank all those working so hard in the grocery supply chain to keep stores stocked, Here's a set of rapidly rotating records having to do with the grocery biz. Her head is so nutty, she says love is the fall. 
played Piggly Wiggly by Johnny Dodds and the Beale Street Washboard Band several times on the show, but that's a first for the Windy Rhythm Kings and Piggly Wiggly Blues. The Windy Rhythm Kings included the Cobb Brothers, Jimmy on cornet and Junie on clarinet, and Ernie South on baritone sax, and they made only one record under that name, Paramount 12770, issued in June of 1929. The tune on the flip side is South African Blues. Before the Windy Rhythm Kings, Billy Murray told us all about the war in Snyder's Grocery Store, which took place on October 20, 1914. The war in Snyder's Grocery Store was written by the trio of Ballard MacDonald, Hank Hancock, and Harry Carroll, and was issued on Victor 17809. Ada Jones started things off telling us all about Lena Kraus and the man she loved, Wilhelm the Grosser, whose mustache points up to the sky. Wilhelm the Grosser was composed by George W. Meyer with the words by Sam M. Lewis, and Victor 17491 was recorded November 14, 1913. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week And as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶ 